My coaching is designed to help with navigating work and life while chronically ill. And basically, I've found over the 10 years is that mindset is a really big piece Mm -hmm. and being able to manage your chronic illness. And I would love to help women, you know, especially working women, moms, you know, because there's so much juggling that you're doing and finding that new normal and finding a way that you can do it with your new body and not having to guess and, you know, and try to figure it out on your own and just offer some of my life experience that might be able to be helpful to them too. F&D doesn't discriminate with age, sex or race. It affects all types of people in all walks of life. Welcome to my F&D reality where we are having conversations with people with F&D. They are sharing their time and energy. They are sharing their stories, their experiences. This is Real Life with F&D, my F&D reality. Hey everybody, how are you? Welcome to another episode of My F&D Reality. I'm your host Odette and you can call me Deddy. And today's episode is pretty special because we're jumping the pond and we're going over to the US. First time we're going international. So we're speaking with the wonderful lady called Sarah from Managing Chronic. Now talk about using your own lived experience and building from it to then turn it around to help others empower themselves, reach their full potential, and then help them help themselves given their situation. She's pretty amazing. And not only that, she actually has a blog as well. So check it out. I'll leave the details in the podcast episode details. So I'll leave a link there. In the meantime, why don't we listen in to what she has to say? So without further ado, here is Sarah. Well, this is a special podcast episode of the um, the My FND Reality because Sarah here is from the USA in Washington. Uh, so thank you so much for joining. Thank you very, very much. Um, Sarah from Managing Chronic really appreciate it yeah I appreciate you being able to come on here I feel as though um with FND it's like it's so universal the problems and the issues uh last week was FND day uh for the UK and Australia on the 25th of March Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. I had the pleasure of actually participating in the FND Awareness Day International Forum and cool. there was about 39 participants between the US and the UK. Uh, and the thing was that the FND issues were so universal. We all had the same problems. Yeah. You know, education was. Yes. You know, treated with, like a human. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. So. You know, the awareness needs to be there, um, just being treated with dignity as well. Um, I'm yeah. sure you've got the same issues over there too, uh, as well as that. Like, do you ever feel as though you would wish that over there, whenever you saw someone professionally or even just for your health reasons, you could just say to someone, hey, I've got FND and they would know automatically what it was? Yeah, I I have not come across that except when I went, um, I went to the National Institutes of Health um, to get a diagnosis after six years, and it wasn't until I went down to Louisville when Dr. Catherine Lefebvre was still working there. She was the very first doctor that, like, that's her specialty. So she knew, but you know, all the other medical professionals that she was working with, it was just so refreshing. (laughs) It gave me hope uh, that I had lost um, that, you know, there, that there could be 
there, there's hope that I could get better, but unfortunately my insurance didn't cover her program, so I couldn't go. And so I've just kind of been on my own, you know, making up my own uh, treatment plan for the last like four years. So. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the what we were talking about yesterday with another FND as well, or a couple of them. Uh, for the first time on the podcast, we had a panel. We had about three other FNDs and myself, and we were all talking about FND. And we said, look, usually what they do is they diagnose you and they say, hey, you've got FND. And then they go, all right, they either put, they push you through to a, a rehab program that's specifically for a stroke or some other condition. And then you're left to fend for yourself to actually find your own treatment uh, that you kind of blindly go around going, I don't really know if this is going to work, but <laughs> hey, let's just give it a go. <laughs> And exactly, that's exactly mm. how I felt too. Because I petitioned, I well, I guess I appealed three times with the insurance company, and then they have a third party uh, company review my appeal, and they said, you know, Dr. Lefevre's, um program seemed to have very positive results, um, but I should be able to find an outpatient program in my area so I mean she was many states away mm. and I was like well when I read that I was like are you going to help me find this person because oh. I haven't found them yet and it wasn't until um and I, it wasn't until I was just like on one of the FND Facebook groups yes. and someone just randomly was like hey I wanted to let you guys know that I I met with a neurophysical therapist and she had never heard of FND, but she helped me out and she helped me retrain my brain and I can walk again pretty much normally. And it's been amazing. And I was like, Oh, I didn't even know there were neurophysical therapists. So I went and I called um, the neurologist that referred me to the national Institutes of health and asked if they knew of someone and of course they did and the lady I got paired up with had never heard of F&D I don't even think she read any of the documentation that I gave her mm-hmm. um but I asked her can you help me retrain my brain so I can walk normally again and so she was able to focus on that retraining the brain and not so much like oh what is this F&D doing to your body and it was trial and error, but she was able to do it. And that I hadn't walked normally at that point, I think for over a year, it might have been like a year and a half or so. Um, Cause I have dystonia in my, in both feet, but primarily the right foot. Mm-hmm. And so I had a hard time extending my knee properly because the toes are curled and that causes your leg not to move properly so um but yeah I mean it took us probably two or three times sessions and then I think it was on the third session something just clicked and I the next day I was walking in the office and all of a sudden I just started walking normally again (laughs) and I was like oh my gosh this is amazing that must have felt absolutely incredible Uh, yes, and I I was very hopeful that she would be able to help me some more. I mean, she she actually did help with another thing that I had an issue with where yeah. um, I couldn't, this is from the very beginning, so for seven years, I had not been able to do kind of like a push-up motion. Mm-hmm. So if I had like leaned over and I needed to push myself up, I like my, it's like my arms forgot how to do it. Oh, <laughs> I was just no. stuck in that position yeah and so she we did like push-ups against the wall kind of and it was really hard in the beginning and then and then there was a moment where my body kind of just did it and my brain was like oh and then 
I was like, let's try it again. And I did it. And then, and then it was back. It was back. <laughs> so How amazing is that? That is so cool. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it goes to show it's just like it's all the little things. It's all the little things that yeah. make a difference. But you can also retrain yeah. your brain. I love that you said, can you help me train my brain? It's, yeah, retrain, retrain my brain. And that's what the lady in the post had written. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of saying yeah. it like that before. Yeah. Well, I think that's what stood out when you said that. Because I, I think often we're like, oh, can you help me? Can you help me walk again? Or like, I'm having trouble speaking. I have speech issues. Can you help me talk again, please? You know, or usually it's like, can yeah. you help me talk again? Because, you know. Speech issues. Yeah. <laughs> Not <I> quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can you help me train my brain? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I was. Um, if you, I hope you didn't mind, but um, I was actually looking at your blog a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. it's so good. It is so good. Oh, thank you. It's amazing thank what you've you. done. Oh, goodness gracious! I was just like, oh. And the last post, it was like about self-compassion, really. Yeah. That's huge. It's, it has changed it has changed my life and it kind of like started me on this. I was already on a path like have, I wanted to have the best life I could. Even if I had FMD, I still wanted to live a life that I liked. Mm -hmm. And so... It led me on this journey of a lot of different things and the self-compassion that I was going through a difficult time unrelated to F&D, but when it, I stumbled across it, it just was so life-changing. And I was like, wow, this would have been so amazing to have if, when I first had, had F&D because it's so life-changing, F&D. Like it, it changed every aspect of my life and not many people understand that, that feeling like it's very foreign to many people and if I hadn't experienced it it would have been very important to me but when you can you know give yourself that grace and like talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend or your sister or your brother or your mom or dad you know it really changes your internal thinking instead of feeling that guilt or that shame, like, Oh, I'm on the couch again today. Like, instead of feeling that I know I'm like, if I do get those feelings, you know, I can tell myself, you know, Sarah, you did a lot yesterday and your body's asking you to rest today and that's okay. Yeah. And so it's, it's taken a while. I mean, I've had FND for 10 years. <laughs> it's definitely a work in progress, but, um, and even now sometimes like he doesn't, rem my husband doesn't remind me as much, but, um, there were times where he'd be like, just lay down, <laughs> just lay down on the couch. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, I'm very ambitious. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> And oh, I, I just hear you there. <laughs> no, no, you're not the only one. <laughs> you're not the only one there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard, like not. It's hard just being sometimes mm -hmm. and not having an agenda to do something that day. Yeah, that has that took a long time. To be okay with. Oh, look, um, I think with most people, um, especially in this day and age, it's all about the go, 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 go. Um, well, COVID let us really just slow down and <laughs> quarantine yeah. us. But uh, go, 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 uh, do what you can do as fast as you can, multitask, especially mm -hmm. as a mum as well, you know, or even just a dad, a parent, a, a person, you really have this busy attitude, you know, um, but FND really forces you to slow down as in yeah, accept where you are, really, you can't do anything yeah. else. 
And that's a struggle to <laughs> yeah. just sit down and stop. And even as a child, I was I rarely had any downtime. I was a competitive gymnast, so I was in the gym four to five days a week mm-hmm. for three to five hours a day, you know, so and then I also played an instrument. So I was in band and I did marching band and I did other sports too. And I decided not to do gymnastics full time. And I don't think, I think even when we went on vacation, we always had plans. Like we rarely, unless we went to the beach, mm-hmm. we rarely had days where we did nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, it's, you have to unlearn it when you have F and D because your body makes you <laughs> no matter if you want it's, it's to like or not. you have no choice you have no choice <laughs> you just do yeah. you just do yeah yeah well and i yes and even if you try cuz i when i cuz i went into remission kind of by accident and then um i relapsed and i didn't have a diagnosis then so that definitely played a role in how I treated my body. Um, but I pushed myself for nine months. Try, I tried and failed <laughs> to work full time for oh. nine months. Oh dear. And yeah. And it wasn't until I was, I had almost another flare. I had a flare within the relapse no, where no. I was off work for like four or five days. And I'm like, okay, Sarah, I think you need to reassess the situation. And yeah, and so it will it will make you stop eventually. Whether you like it or whether you like it or not, it will make you stop. Yeah. 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 So <sighs> yeah. But I um I read that you're actually working right now, and um usually when I talk to people, they usually say along the lines of, "I've had to give up work. Um, you know, I've been fired from my job. Uh, but for you, you've managed to actually keep working, which is quite amazing, and it's good to hear that you managed. Yeah, to do and that. I I'm not technically working. Um. Well, I'm, I, I'm a contractor for one of my old firms, and so I help them um, during their busy season, and then I've started my own coaching business to help other, primarily women, since mostly women in the chronic illness yes. uh, realm, mm-hmm. um, to you know, help them navigate work and life with chronic illness. But I did manage to work. I worked for almost 10 years with F&D, um, and out of those nine and a half years, uh, only three of them, I worked full time and that was when I was in remission. Yeah. And so that was, that was hard. Like having to, F and D, I will say kind of killed my, my, <laughs> my, my corporate career. So, which is. I mean, I feel like a lot of people probably say the same thing. Um, I think if I had had a different boss and the the work atmosphere had been different, I probably would still be working. But I ended up, it was very toxic and I ended up leaving for those reasons more than F&D. But it's hard to, once you're unemployed, it's hard to find like a part-time job, (laughs) you know, yeah, it is. So, yeah. It is. And and I have to be careful because so my field of study was in mathematics and so I'm an analyst and brain fog really it makes me analytically stupid. Oh, um, so I have no. to be careful. Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> um like things that I had done for years, I mean, like, I'd look at it like, well, this is really confusing me right now. And then I'll be like, okay, it's a brain fog. Just don't do it right now and pick it up tomorrow when you're fresh. And it's, for me, I have two different types of brain fog. I have brain fog that I can feel it come on. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very almost sudden, like within like 30 minutes, it's 
full on and I can feel it. And then I have what I call stealth brain fog where I don't know that I'm in it until I'm out of it. Yeah. And that is the more dangerous brain fog because that's what I had the nine months that I was working, attempting to work and fail during my relapse. But what I I found interesting was that my internal voice of reason also shut down during that time. Like I had, it was gone. And it wasn't until I had uh, left. No, I, I take, I decided to cut back my hours and I had to do the five days of um, time off before my short-term disability kicked in. Mm -hmm. And it was about a couple weeks after that that the voice came back online and I was like, ah, it's so negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want you back now. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I was like, you look negative Nancy in my mind. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hmm, I enjoyed not having you for a while. <laughs> I will say that there is – um there's a lady I've met who has started, I mean, it's still like kind of up and coming, but she has a website called um, Chronically Capable. I think it's wearecapable.org. But it's basically a, um, uh, it's a, a job board for people who are chronically ill. And it's every job is 100% remote. And I've asked her about job sharing, which I heard is kind of, they don't do it in the U.S. We don't do it here at all. But I've heard in Europe, it's a thing where two people will share the same job and they just work half the time. And that would be amazing for me because I can easily, I can work 20 hours, but I I can't work a full 40 hours. And if I could split, and it's really hard because they're, there are no, I mean, there, there aren't that, there, there aren't that many analyst jobs that are remote anyway, but having, finding a part-time one is very hard. hard. Well, I was just hoping yeah. that um, with COVID, because COVID actually forced a lot of people to yeah. work from home and that would make companies realize, hey, well, actually we could actually have people work from home permanently so that would open up that avenue as well so and there are some companies that have done that Mm. um but i i don't know i feel i'd be curious to see how it goes in the at least in the u.s in the fall because i think that i know in our county they're planning on opening schools to be in person five days a week yeah in the next school year so then a lot of parents will be free from having children at home. <laughs> yes. I'm curious how many companies will then be like, okay, now that your kid's in school, you're back, back in the office. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious if it'll be more flexible if people will get like two days at home and three in the office. Yeah. So I'm really curious how, how it'll I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty interested as well. I'm seriously seeing a little bit of flexibility here in Melbourne um in mm-hmm. regards to that. I'm seeing that That's people good. are going, "Oh, look, actually I can work from home or you can work from home, but you can also come into the office a couple of times too because hey, COVID happened and wow, that was an eye-opener." So yeah. Fingers crossed though. And that would be absolutely amazing. Chronically we so it's yeah. wearecapable.org. Is that I think I think, I think so. so. All right. I'll try and link and it in the podcast. For, yeah. Yeah, and if you search just Google chronically capable, it's up and um they've also just recently um launched kind of a forum for, you know, people who work with chronic illness, it's within the web. You sign up, it's in there. And so that's actually something I always wanted, you know, having a 
a group of chronically ill workers because our experience is so different from, you know, the average person. And I just, I remember feeling so alone when I was working and I, I couldn't find anybody else that I was, I knew, I did know one coworker who had MS, but her MS was so under control. Like mm-hmm. for the, the nine years that I worked there, I don't even know if she took a day off because of her MS. Like it was just so. Oh no. So did you ever feel as though you felt guilty taking a day off because of your FND? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt. I that was yeah I had the guilt was huge for me and I felt like I was letting my team down and it just it sucks yeah (laughs) F and D just sucks full stop (laughs) just say yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and it's hard to explain it because especially here in the U S because. I feel like a lot of people in the U.S. are still getting diagnosed with conversion disorder. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That stigma. Yes. Yes. And and you can't, I never want to tell anyone at work, you know, that it, that's one of the reasons why I never told anyone at work what I had once I was diagnosed because, because you could just go and Google and you see all these things and even when I was working, as some of the websites would say, you know, as lo- once you accept the diagnosis, you get better. And I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Me. If we could all just do that, I wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> have you, Sarah, have you accepted it now? I've accepted it. All right, that's the end of the podcast, and thank you for all listening. We could all walk out the door now. <laughs> I'll see you later. Okay, bye. Bye. I know. I know, and it's just, it's, it's crazy, and people mm-hmm. are still told this um, here, and oh. I just, it's shocking to me um, that people are still so in the dark. But since there's stuff out there, I don't want, I didn't want my boss who had already said inappropriate things to me about my condition as it was. Yeah. Um, I didn't want him to have that ammo because even though it was inappropriate to say, he could, he would, he might still say it mm-hmm. um, just to be, you know, a jerk about it. And no, and it's so, not a joking matter as well. And it is disabling, yeah. you know, there's, yes, I, I'm hearing a lot. And even, yeah. Yeah. And even if it was, because I feel like even if someone is, you know, I don't know, I, I just feel like conversion disorder also gives that stigma that it's like, you, you know, it's all in your head. It's, you're making it up somehow. Yes. And the thing is that even if that was true, that's still an issue. That's still a problem that somebody has. Like, you know, that they're still sick in a way. And that shouldn't be made fun of anyway. But no. it's just, it's hard when you have these symptoms. And a lot of times I felt like my FND was kind of an invisible illness because when the symptoms were really bad, I would stay home because I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable driving when I was moving uncontrollably. And no, you don't. You, yeah. you, you tend to just go, okay, well, I don't really want everyone to see me talk or walk like a zombie and, uh, <laughs> you know, flare up this way. Um, so people see you yeah. normal, you know. Um, I try to, whenever we have an interview or um, I'm trying to talk on the podcast, I deliberately try and do as little as possible so I can actually talk normally. Um, So I try and avoid not to flare up or suddenly start slurring on the, because, you know, you want to be able to understand what I'm saying on the (laughs) podcast. No, I totally get it. I mean, there are times where I cannot enunciate 
words at all and I have to do the text to talk mm-hmm. like on my phone or on the computer yeah and I mean we kind of make it fun and like change out the voice <laughs> my kids love so, that yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but it's it's not something I feel like if it was accepted at work okay but I just I felt like my my symptoms wouldn't have been very well received there no. where I worked. It still would have so, been hard. It still would have been an issue. Because um, in a way, uh, F&D, uh, it is quite unique to everybody. So to meet yeah. everybody's needs with F&D, um, workplace-wise, has to be specific specific to everybody so yeah yeah. it is it's so individualized like Mm. every (laughs) I think I've only met one I've only seen one person have kind of similar symptoms to me but most most people we all have it's all different and it makes and that's why I think treatment makes treatment more difficult too because it is so individualized. Yeah. And like, I don't know, but I just hope that, I don't know. I hope the U.S. can catch up. I, I think that with Dr. LeFevre and Dr. Perez in the U.S., um, Dr. Prez has done a lot of research, and I think they're kind of uh, going to schools and saying, you know, if you want to be in a, you know, a, a new exciting, you know, career field, then come over and check out F and D because you could be a pioneer and and you know in this medical you know, research, which is true because there's not there's not very many people researching it. Absolutely. I think in the forum, uh, the Australian-UK forum, they were saying uh, we are 20 to 25 years behind all the other illnesses in regards to yeah. awareness, education, research. So, yeah, we do have a lot of catching up. And it seems that um, – in some countries, um, some are lagging more behind than others as well. So, yeah, I've seen. I think there was. There's not very many people from South America that are like that I've seen in the group. Mm-hmm. But the people, a few people I've seen, you know, they've been told that it's it's all in their head and there's like nothing <laughs> for them, which is. It's really heartbreaking because I know, I know that feeling. I know the feeling of loss of hope for like the future that you had dreamed about. Yeah. So well, it's really encouraging for you though because you're doing coaching. You're doing coaching. You're doing this blog as well, Um, and -hmm. you're reaching out to people to say, "Hey, look, this is doable." You're you're helping out when before in your your situation or mine you felt so isolated and you probably thought well there's nothing out there so you're doing your part and well thank you and that's thank you that (laughs) I that was why I created my blog because when I relapsed and I it came to terms with okay this is something I guess I'll have forever whatever it is I started Googling like <laughs> how to work with a chronic illness, like what should I know? And I think I may have found like three or four articles and that was it. There wow. and one of those articles, it was clear it was written by someone who had not suffered <laughs> chronic illness. Oh dear. and I was like, This is such a joke. Or the article would say, <clears throat> Oh, you can apply for, you know, these uh benefits and accommodations but they didn't really go into what they did what they were for like how to apply for them and all of that and the one thing about having a chronic illness and working is 
not only <clears throat> is it, especially with F and D, it's such a steep learning curve to figure out how your new body works. You also have to figure out how to work with this new body and then learn about all these work accommodations and benefits that human resources doesn't really cover that well in open enrollment. They'll say, you know, if you ever need this, you know, we just, you just apply for it. <laughs> it just sounds so easy. And if you have, you know, if you have a diagnosis that is common, not common, but people know about, like, or a medical condition, like, you know, if you're pregnant, you know, they know that you're going to be back in three months. Or if you have surgery, they know it's going to typically take about this amount of time to recover. But when you have a chronic illness, they try their best not to cover you, especially if in my case, when I went out sick originally, nobody knew it was so sudden. So they covered everything. But when I reapplied later, um, and I just wanted to do part time, you know, I was denied the partial long term disability, saying that, you know, because my symptoms, you know, came and went that I should still be able to work full time, which was not the case. But um but yeah, and it's just navigating you have to learn all of that, all the that lingo. You have to you're the in between between your doctor and the office and the insurance company and it's it's a lot. And I I wish I'd had some guidance because it was so overwhelming at times yeah. and so that's why I created the blog because if if I could at least reach out if one person found it and it was helpful to them then it 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 hopefully could make their life a little easier yeah I'm pretty sure it is more especially more so than the four articles that you found most <laughs> Most definitely. More than the article that was written by a non-disabled person who had no clue. So there you go. Yeah. Um, can I ask you one more question? Because I know we've been talking for a while. Um, but what does your coaching entail? So it's called um, Sarah, what I'm saying, Sarah Imagine Chronic. But what does your coaching do? What do you do? So I, my coaching is designed to help with navigating work and life while chronically ill. And basically, I found over the 10 years is that mindset is a really big piece mm -hmm. and being able to manage your chronic illness. And I would love to help women, you know, especially working women, moms, you know, because there's so much juggling that you're doing and finding that new normal and finding a way that you can do it with your new body and not having to guess and, you know, and try to figure it out on your own and just offer some of my life experience that might be able to be helpful to them too. I think that's so important to actually do that. And um, that's an invaluable service that you're actually offering especially for people who've got um fnd i've actually this is the first time that i've actually heard coaching for fnd for women out there who are trying to return back to work or trying to return back to normalcy so yeah that's amazing oh, yeah. thank you ha have you had many yeah. um people come to you with this um service so far or not yet. I, well, so funny thing. <laughs> I, because, so I'm actually doing like additional coaching on myself because mm -hmm. I have all these blocks, you know, and putting myself out there. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't put my blog or anything on out. It was pretty much anonymous until last fall oh really oh okay yeah. yeah yeah so it's just very recent that I've had the courage to like really put myself out there I put 
my blog and my business out on LinkedIn, okay. which took a lot of that because it's hard to step out. Chronically- yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. Being chronically ill in corporate America is, or just in corporate anywhere, <laughs> I think there's so much stigma mm-hmm. that, you know, you're not as good as the next person. But there's so many people who are chronically ill that worked for a long time before their chronic illness and they have all this institutional knowledge and, you know, they, they have a lot that they can offer and a lot of people still want to work. They may not be able to work as much as they want to, but they can still provide value. And I, I just, I just wish that more companies would take chances on them and maybe do some job sharing because that it would help out a lot of people. And it, and it would also, you know, the expertise that's lost, you know, because these people are sick and they can't work. I mean, I think it would also bring a sense of, you know, independence, like I can still provide, I can, you know, I don't know, for me, work was like a really big part of my life for a long time. Yes. And I think a lot of people lose a part of themselves when they have to stop working and it. Loss of identity. What do I do next? Yes. Yeah. And there's a depression that goes along with that. And you know, having to figure out a, everything new is, is hard at any age. But, you know, if you've been doing something that you love for a long time, it's, I feel like it's even harder. And if you're able to do it, but still find another way around to do it still and still yeah. deliver, why not? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I love that we that the F and D, I guess we have the world F and D month and that, and then it's all over the world that we celebrate and bring awareness to F and D because it's so important. And, and I feel like a lot of us, um, you know, we still want to contribute to the world and to our communities. And we just have to figure out a new way to do it in a way that's accommodating for us. And that's another thing that I've learned over the years that I feel like if I want to do something, I can do most things that I want to do. I just have to figure out the accommodations to do them. And so it may look different than I wanted to do it originally, but (laughs) I can still make it happen. You're still you, Sarah. And you are doing yeah. a phenomenal job, literally a phenomenal job. And thank you so much for actually taking the courage to step out and show yourself, literally. Thank you. Yeah, it does take a lot It does. Courage. It does. Actually, yeah. it's sharing. with you. Oh, I was just going to say, sharing this um, podcast too, it, it takes a lot to actually go, okay, I will um I will share everything. <laughs> I have literally now shared almost everything on this podcast. There is no stone unturned. Um and yeah. Uh I am an open book now, literally. Yeah. Um, it actually brings to me, even though how scary it is, mm-hmm. it also gives me peace. Like I feel more in peace, at peace with myself, and then also more empowered that I'm not hiding anymore. anymore. That I can just be myself and, and genuine. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I haven't. I don't know, have you planned out what your posts and stuff for uh, World F&D Month? No, I haven't. I thought I would just like go with the flow. Um, but honestly, uh, just, just trying to get our voices across 
even on this platform is um, is what I'm trying to do at the moment and trying to be yeah. heard. Uh, not just my voice, but everybody else's. So slowly, slowly, you know, getting everyone's stories across. Um, because everyone's yeah. is so unique too. It's not the same yeah. every single time. It's always different yeah. and there's always a different learning. Yeah. yeah. And every person that I've met, I've met a few, I've only met one F&D person. <laughs> one F and D or in person, which was pretty cool. And she actually runs the um the conversion disorder aka functional neurological disorder group on Facebook. Um and that was pretty cool because we actually live kind of in the same city. And um she actually was a um EMT before her F and D started in I think she was planning on going to medical school, but she's she has she's not been able to do that because of F and D. But she decided she still wanted to do something kind of in the medical related field, and she went to um, and got her degree in mortuary science. So now she's going to be a mortician. Wow! And so yeah, and so she's like you no. Know, yeah, she's like, the deceased don't care if I move around. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that. exactly that. I mean, you could do everything under the sun and they'll still be there. So. <laughs> yeah, and she, she's like, you know, it, it means a lot to her to help people in that grieving period and, you know, help them say goodbye to their loved ones. And mm -hmm. so she finds it you know, kind of peaceful to do um, and helping families in that way. And she still gets to use the medical knowledge that she learned. And and so she actually, I think, is graduating soon. So it's like been very exciting to watch, to watch her journey. Yeah. So well, Congratulations to her if she's listening. Congrats. Look at how far you've yeah. come. Yeah. I know. And, and it's, F&D, it may seem like the end, but there, there's ways that you can work around and still mm -hmm. live your life differently, but also something that you enjoy too. Yeah, it makes you um, sit down, literally, uh, be still, yeah. reassess and find your passions actually it does it literally yes. makes you go yeah. what are you passionate about what would you like to do next because exactly that's it yeah and and also kind of makes you use your imagination more that I feel like as adults we don't use that as much but with F&D like you have to be like okay I want to do this, but how can I do it? And it, it <laughs> makes you think in a different yes. way. Yes, absolutely. Well, hold on one second. Let's hold my call, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll actually. No, that's fine. I'll actually leave it at that. I'll be right there. I'll be right there we're nearly we're nearly done actually i was just gonna say it it is time to go however i just wanted yeah. to say thank you so very much for your time i'm so sorry about the technical issues this morning <laughs> but um i hope that we can talk again because you've been so invaluable with your time and with your words and just oh, so glad to you. connect especially so thank yeah. you so much me too and I love that you're doing a podcast on F and D. It's so great, and I think that I, I'll definitely be sharing it. So thank you, and I'll be sharing your blog and um, your business as well on the podcast details. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to actually link it on the website too, so um, that yeah. people can find you. Yeah, and thank yeah. you, thank you for stepping out and creating your blog and uh, your coaching because that's invaluable. So check her out, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. And that, my friends, was Sarah. 
Thank you so much for talking with us today and spending the time and energy just being with us. From sharing your lived experience to your journey, finding your way to help others through your program and through your blog. You've really highlighted the importance of asking as well the right questions, recovery and being kind to yourself. Often self-care isn't just looking after ourselves, but our current attitudes towards ourselves too, which I kind of known that I've overlooked. So it's a really good reminder um, that you've actually reminded me and um, to be kind to ourselves every single day. So thank you for that, Sarah. And it's just such a pleasure to have you on the F&D podcast. I hope you'll come back again. You know, though, it's really nice to know that people out there are reaching out and creating and helping others so that we don't have to feel alone, that we don't have to feel and experience feeling so lost and disconnected. People are trying to connect. So let's keep going, keep building our community, keep connected wherever we may be. No matter where we are, whether we're in Australia, US, Europe, Africa, New Zealand, Canada, anywhere, wherever you are, let's keep going. We're all having the same issues, I realise. It's all universal. Raising concerns with FND, with chronic illness, disability. Let's keep going, building each other up and raising awareness. As always, though, stay safe, love hard and peace. Take care now and... I'll see you next episode of My FND Reality. Thank you so much for joining in and listening to me and our guest on the FND podcast, My FND Reality. I really appreciate you coming and listening in. I'm actually inviting you to actually join in the conversation. What have you learned about the guest today and about what we've talked about? If you'd like, Leave a comment on the Facebook and Instagram post. I'd really like to know. Also, feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Also, follow me on Instagram there at the FND Podcast. Keep learning about FND, spreading the word, supporting the FND organizations all around the world, and even telling your lived experience with FND will help. Every little bit helps in the world of FND and being an FND warrior as we all are, each and every one of us, FND warriors. Also, if you'd like more information about FND, the following links are www.neurosymptoms.org by leading neurologist Professor John Stone, who specialises in FND. For those in Australia, www.fndoz.org.au FND Australia Support Services check those links out okay well i really appreciate you coming all along and see you next episode of my fnd reality and as always stay safe love hard and have a good one thank you so much to everyone who talks on this show and with light and love peace